episode. Welcome to Knack News. I'm Anthony. And I'm Alex. My first story today is decorating news. And this is from time.com. And the headline is, People think we're crazy. Families who spend thousands of dollars a year on Christmas light displays explain their obsession. Many holiday obsessives around the country spend thousands each year and devote countless hours to develop elaborate Christmas lights displays. Time Money spoke with five dedicated light show creators who have decorated their homes for anywhere from five years to four decades, all while adapting to new technology, managing electricity bill costs, dabbling in programming, creating fresh designs, curating the perfect playlist, and balancing a regular job on top of all of it. (laughs) They enlist their children to help put up the lights and self-fund the projects on their own. Many have appeared on ABC's Great Christmas Light Fight, an annual competition between decorators, and have seen an influx of visitors as a result. They swap tips and tricks through forums on a website called Planet Christmas, and the particularly dedicated individuals travel to a Christmas expo each year to learn about the latest upgrades. Some have even started their own businesses, ones that could replace their current full-time jobs or help them ease into retirement. These Christmas display fanatics see these light shows as a way to give back to their community and raise money for charity, and none of them have plans to stop creating these displays anytime soon. We realized how much happiness and joy we were able to spread to the community, says Keith Yoshida, who operates a street-wide display called Wakele Lights in Hawaii. That's what has been fueling our energy. For many of these decorators, the biggest spending comes the first year they upgrade from a regular string of lights around their home to a luminous display. (laughs) Big upgrade. Uh, Ryan Olson from Idaho spent around $3,000 six years ago to get his display started. Now he saves up each month to afford new components and fresh lights, costing around $400 to $500 in total each year. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot of money. That's a lot Um, of money. He says, we save up all year long for it. It's our gift to ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) The costs aren't just incurred by setting up the display itself. Olsen pays around $1,500 or more a year for local radio advertising and at a much smaller cost to make signs to place around his neighborhood to help direct traffic and inform visitors where to park. So he advertises his light show so that people will... And people actually park and, like, get out of their car to look at it? Apparently. I've only heard of these as the the type where you, like, drive through it, I guess, but... Yeah, I was just thinking on, like, a suburban street and you just drive by, but... I guess, Um, Creating these elaborate displays is more than just a hobby for some. Take Brian Larson and Ryan Casper Cook. They live in different homes in different states. Larson is an award-winning landscape designer, while Casper Cook is a programmer and the president of an internet company. But after they separately appeared on ABC's Great Christmas Light Fight, they got in touch and decided to start their own business. The duo now operates Epic Light Shows, a relatively new company that creates commercial light shows for productions worth $50,000 minimum. Wow. Yeah. Uh, They launched in 2017 and have already had to turn down jobs due to time constraints. With their quick growth, they say Epic Light Shows will likely soon become a full-time gig for both of them. It's not about the money, says Casper Cook. It's about putting on these awesome productions and giving someone a tradition they can come back to year after year and be wowed. So that wow. was kind of the they, whole story. Oh, so, oh my gosh. so they went and interviewed all these people that do this, and like th- the main motivation is just to have to provide like a fun thing for the community to do, basically. Hey, that's, but, that's pretty wholesome. You know? Yeah. I like that. Because like all I do every year is put up like couple i put up like one string of lights and then these giant like light bulb like mm-hmm. decorations that's all i it's mostly so i can find my house at night <laughs> it's, it's it's makes it so easy 
I literally have no lights up on the outside of my home, <laughs> but I've decorated the inside of it, but... Yeah, I haven't done I the inside because I don't expect to have anyone over before New Year's. <laughs> and by then I would have <laughs> taken it down anyway. So last year I left my Christmas tree up all through January because I was like, I like this. It's pretty. I'm going to leave it up. I don't care what people yeah. think. So I think I think a lot of people do that. Some people like I've definitely are s- like the day after Christmas or like taking down the decorations. Yeah. Well, people, def- yeah, people definitely way. have different opinions, but I've I've seen people's lights in their windows like... Or the trees in their windows up through the end of January. For yeah. Sure. Okay. I think so after January, you're kind of pushing it. Yeah. And I can understand but, that. But. Yeah. At that well, point, just like, well, I'll just leave it up until next year. <laughs> yeah. So have you ever done one of these drive through lights things? Um, Cause no, I have, I they're actually so. are really cool. Yeah. They seem like they would be. But I the, just, the one that I went to with um, my parents was not, it wasn't like someone's house. It was like a town sponsored it or whatever. So it was mm-hmm. a little different, but like, there was like music playing and certain things were like coordinated with the music and you just drive through it and like see all these different displays and it's pretty fun. That does sound cool. Um, but I can't imagine like being a, just a personally setting that up at my house. Like that would just be really hard. Yeah. But. It sounds like a lot. And plus you're setting it up at a time of year when it's really cold out. Yeah. <laughs> I only put mine up. I, I put appealing. mine up this year cause there was like a one day where it was kind of warm and I was like, okay, this year I'll put them up again and, that's that's the only time I'll do it. The one guy they interviewed lives in Hawaii, so it's probably easier for him. Oh, no, that's that doesn't even count. Yeah, the effort is only like halfway. Yeah, credit you only get half credit for that because it's not cold out. Yeah, so. probably comfortable. Probably. My first story is tree news. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> this is from CBS. Uh, real or fake? Christmas tree competition heats up. <laughs> what? Get a little debate in here. Um, though I think we might both be on the same side of this. Uh, since okay. 1992, there's been a more than 30% increase in households that buy artificial Christmas trees, according to the American Christmas Tree Association, which is apparently a real thing. Okay. Um, and this year, a million-dollar campaign is trying to convince customers to buy a real tree. <laughs> okay. And another organization that exists called the Christmas Tree Promotion Board, which, okay, okay. Uh, is, is running okay. is running a social, this million-dollar social media campaign to uh, preserve the tradition by encouraging Americans to, quote, keep it real. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say that it hasn't been working because I haven't seen any of this. I haven't either. This is the first I'd heard of it. Um in 2017, Americans bought more than 27 million real Christmas trees. So it's not like they're like it's not like it's ending or anything. Yeah. But according to uh, John uh, Wickoff, a seventh-generation Christmas tree farmer, farmers have to plan for about seven to ten years down the road because that's about how long it takes to grow one of the trees. So they want to be okay. encouraging people to continue buying them because if they don't, if they like, they have to know whether supply is going to be demand or not. Um, okay. And uh, just a couple more stats. Um, about 80% of U.S. households put up artificial Christmas trees. So 80%. 80%. So that 27 wow. million is less than 20%, presumably. Um, That's a higher percentage than I would have thought. Yeah, me too. Um, and the American Christmas Tree Association says that if you use your artificial tree for at least four years, it's actually more eco-friendly than a real tree. <laughs> 
So there's yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I I know I have a fake tree. I also have a fake yeah, tree. So I, that's why I figured we're pretty much on the same side of this. Yes. There's just like the only advantage I think of a real one is that it smells nice for like a little while. Correct. But it also sheds and needs water and is a fire hazard. So I put those all in the con, in the con co- column of of the real trees. Also, they hurt more. <laughs> um, I grew up with a fake tree, so I've never uh, really yeah. experienced having a real tree. But as far as I know, that's all true. Like the only pro to it is the the scent. It smells really nice. I will give it that. But yeah, we but like we had we had real trees for. I think the entire time I was growing up before yeah. my parents made the switch to an artificial tree. And yeah, they were a huge mess. <laughs> it was kind of cool though, going out to pick one out. Um, we would actually go to like a farm like, and my dad would, would chop get it down it in your house. Uh, top of the car. And then you'd have to like haul it inside and try to fit it through your door and stuff. Yep. And that's where a lot of the mess came because you were squeezing something through a door that wasn't meant to have a, a tree squeezed through it. Mm-hmm. And just pine needles <laughs> get everywhere, right? As most doors are yeah. not. Um, but uh, yeah, apparently there's <laughs> there's an organization trying to get people to, to, to buy real trees again. And they don't really have any good reason other than a, that it's a tradition, which I think is the lamest okay. reason for doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's pretty true. <laughs> um, also, spoiler alert: my next story is literally about trees as a fire hazard. So, oh, perfect, <laughs> great segue. Um, well, I've already I've invented the category of tree news for you. Yeah, so I'm just going to use that again. Spoiler. Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, I like my fake tree. It's still fun to put up. Mm-hmm. Like the tradition is like unpacking it, setting it up, putting the ornaments on it. Like that's. Still, yeah, there's still, still tradition there. Yeah, you still get the to, mess. Yeah, and there's no mess. And is yours pre-lit? It is. Yeah, yeah. that's also really nice. When I was growing up, ours was not. It mm-hmm. just was very big. So we would have to like string the lights and do all that too. Um, and it was fun to like do that together as a family. And, so, and I, I never felt like I needed to be doing that on a real tree to have a better like tradition or something. So. <laughs> right. Well, like I said, the real tree hurts more too because like the artificial ones, they make they're soft. Yeah. Like a real tree. Not, like, like, I mean, some real trees are soft, but a lot of them are painful to hug so <laughs> and you kind of do have to do like the hugging motion to get the lights around right them. right right so i i never really felt like i was missing out on anything so yeah all right well i guess we haven't convinced anyone <laughs> <laughs> uh, this Sorry. podcast not brought to you by the <laughs> the christmas tree promotion board <laughs> <laughs> also i just want to say i love how we keep discovering these like organizations there, and clubs that there are, are like, so many niche. organizations i'm still the most excited i think about the british toilet whatever oh, yes, it was yes, i forgot about the, the british toilet promotional fund i don't know what it was <laughs> british sanitation organization and then last time we talked about the pork yes. organization or something uh, i don't right? remember what that one was called either the oh gosh it was pork something i was excited about it it had to do with bacon i don't know (laughs) and now there's a christmas tree group we just keep discovering all of these groups and that's a really fun perk of doing this show i feel like i think that's our goal is to discover every group we're we're gonna find all of them okay and report on them okay done well, not done. That's I the... mean, I mean, it, the goal <laughs> is set, and that's done. That's okay, good. Meant. I was going to say, the point of a goal is that it's not done. Anyway, we should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay. Well, my next story is tree news. <laughs> and this is from MNN.com. And the headline is, don't let your Christmas tree get so thirsty. Apparently, there are about 200 decorating-related injuries each day during the busy holiday season, <laughs> according to the CPSC acting chairman, Anne-Marie Burkle. If you didn't know, the CPSC is the Consumer Product Safety Commission. That one I have heard of. Okay. Uh, she says, make safety a part of your family's holiday decorating this year. Keep your Christmas tree watered. Check holiday lights before you put them on the tree and use extra caution with candles. Between 2013 and 2015, there was an annual average of about 100 Christmas tree fires, <laughs> resulting in 10 <laughs> no. deaths, 10 what? injuries, and $12 million in property loss per year, according to the CPSC. Oh, my God. So that's a lot. Like you would, I, I, I was surprised by that's, how high that, that was. That is like, more than I would have expected. Oh, yeah. So, and it's basically like if your tree gets too dry, it's just like a huge... Right. What oh, yeah. That's a huge fire hazard. That thing will just go up in flames yeah. like nothing. Especially if you're using like incandescent bulbs or something that actually gets hot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a deeper dive into the data shows there were 18,400 injuries associated with holiday decorating seen in emergency departments nationwide from November of 2016 through January of 2017. So that's like one holiday season. That's not just tree fires, though. That's no, like that's like off of anything and stuff. related. To, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything related to like Christmas decorating um, or holiday decorating. The most frequent decorating incidents involved falls, lacerations, and strains or sprains. So I, most of it is people probably like falling off of falling off a ladder <laughs> or trying to like reach up and put something up high or something. Yep. So keep yourself from becoming a sad holiday statistic. <laughs> That's what they say. And check out CPSC's full list of safety tips for the holidays, which they have posted on their website. And I read the list, and the most interesting thing I found on there was this tip. Do not burn wrapping paper in the fireplace because a flash fire may result because wrappings can ignite suddenly and burn intensely. Oh. Which is something I did not know. Although I didn't either. I also have never attempted to burn wrapping paper in a fireplace. But, also uh, true. Apparently, it's, it can just make a, like a flash fire, so yeah. it's unsafe. I can you see the temptation that. being there. A lot of families Yeah, sure, because like you have a, a bunch of it lying around. Right there, and yeah. just made a And it's just paper, paper, so... You think, like, what's the harm in doing it? But it can ignite well, really quickly and stuff. So you shouldn't do that. That's a valuable safety tip. So, yeah. So PSA from your friends at Knickknack News, everything I just said. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> d- pretty, much, pretty much don't set your Christmas on fire. Mm-hmm. Be safe. Yep. My next story is annoying song news. <laughs> That's great. This came from Mental Floss. The 179 Days of Christmas is a nine-hour-long holiday song that's designed to be hated. Oh, God. Oh, no. Officially, the longest song ever released is The Rise and Fall of Bossa Nova, a 13-plus-hour electronic epic that came out in 2016. But a new song that was just released for Christmas 2018 feels so much longer than that. Yeah, the 179 Days of Christmas is almost nine hours of nonstop terrible lyrics wind out over top of a low-quality woodblock beat. Uh, sounds I watched. I watched a little bit of it just to get an idea, and uh-huh. it was hard. Um, this is created by illustrator Joran Call and musician AJ Ng, and it's a play on the 12 Days of Christmas with a sense of humor straight out of South Park. 
Uh, so it gets a little bit crude at points. Okay. Um, it's accompanied by animations from Call, and the lyrics are a hodgepodge of odd, random, and occasionally super dark concepts to dwell on. <laughs> wow. So it starts with the regular 12 Days song, and then it continues beyond that. Um, additional entries include 14 Singing Furbies, 35 Dreams That Crumbled, 66 Dancing Earthworms, 70 Unpaid Interns, 94 Allergic Reactions, and 133 Hats. <laughs> just hats. hats. <laughs> that was that was one that I that I uh, found pretty funny because they just pause after they say 133 hats. <laughs> uh, and um, just like the regular song, every single day that they add something, they go back through every single day before that, which is why it's only 179 days that takes up the nine hours. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. For my research, I started at day 179 and listened back for a little bit, but it was even that it was just like, it was just too much. <laughs> it's just, it's so bad. Okay. <laughs> um, and <Wow. laughs> this is just another fun fact that Metal Floss had. Uh, last year, the Port of Vancouver, the transportation authority for Canada's largest port, hired a choir to sing a three and a half hour long song about the 6,000 something items that passed through its control in 2017 which they labeled as the world's longest holiday song at that time. So this was a thing that actually happened in Canada. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm just going to say watch at your own peril because the song and video are pretty crude. <laughs> it, like It starts out oh, kind really? of strange and probably isn't suitable for all listeners. Um, but it was... It, Thanks for the warning. It'll be in the link. It's not good, <laughs> but that's kind of the point. <laughs> I just found it very amusing. I think I'm still curious enough to listen to it, but yeah. I think I'm going to do what you did and just start at the 179 and just yeah, listen, start or listen start in the back. middle somewhere and just you'll get you'll get the just very quickly. Okay, very quickly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do you like that song, like the Twelve Days of Christmas? No, really? No, I like parodies of it sometimes. Not this one, but like yeah. Have you ever heard the Twelve Pains of Christmas? Yes, I've heard the Twelve Pains of Christmas. I love that one. There's the Veggie Tales Christmas special includes a song called "The Eight Polish Christmas Foods." Wait, wait, I don't think I know that one. It's it's a delight. I love Veggie Tales songs. Plus, it's slightly see. shorter because it's only eight instead of twelve, mm-hmm. which makes it all the better. Nice. I think, and it's yeah. I don't know. I like Twelve Days of Christmas because it's fun to sing with a group and like easy to remember the yeah. words. I, I mean, as long that's as why I like it. Yeah, I'll I'll join in on the five golden rings, but like the rest of it is whatever. I don't even, like, I have to remind myself of some of the higher numbers each year. Ah. But. Okay, my next story is Christmas movie news. And this headline is, someone made a bot watch a thousand hours of Hallmark Christmas movies and write a script. Yes. I love these things. I love these too. (laughs) They're always so good. (laughs) The Christmas Hallmark movie version. So. This is pretty self-explanatory. Well, okay, if you haven't seen these before, there's, I don't know if it's the same person or a group of people, they have these machine learning algorithms that they make them, like, train on a thousand hours of something and then write out, like, their own version of that thing. And sometimes, it's usually, like, some type of movie script or something. And um, they did that with, like, Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> so there's, like, a page of a script here, and I'm just going to read it to good, you. Good, good. Yes, this is okay. all I want. This is all I want. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Uh, This movie is called The Christmas on Christmas. Off to a good start. Um, The setting is a small town snow globe refillery. 
Um, (laughs) We see a single mother refilling snow globes with Christmas juice. She is widow. Her husband died in every war. Anthony's laughing a lot. You probably can't hear him, but... I've tried to hide it so you can still hear the story. Single mother. I refill globes better than Jesus Claus, yet still my twins are dad-free. Why? They need double dad. Businessman enters the shop. He wears clothes that cost money. His hands are briefcases, and he's Hallmark hot. (laughs) Single mother continued. Hi, do your snow globes lack wet? Hurry, Christmas attacks soon. (laughs) Businessman has flashback to when he was a business boy. A Christmas tree explodes his family on purpose. He now hates trees and Christmas and explosions. He exits the flashback. Businessman. Shut your sound. I am from Huge City. I bought your land and I'm turning it into an oil resort. (laughs) (laughs) Single mother. Rude behavior. This is a family business. I sell families. I am widow. My husband is now Bones. Single mother points to her husband's bones in the corner of the room. (laughs) They are all gift-wrapped in eggnog. (laughs) Businessman, all my wives are bones. That is America, but I must make money for my twins to live. They are a prince. Single mother, I too own twins. Please don't have bought my land. Christmas is today. Businessman, laugh. I bought Christmas and now it is never. Unless we go on dates. (laughs) Single mother, I cannot date because of a snow curse. I pray Santa helps me. (laughs) Santa cannot help. She did not know, but Santa was her husband. Santa is bones. Bones help nobody. (laughs) And that's the end. (laughs) I'd watch it. So that was very amusing. Hallmark movies talk about bones a lot. Apparently, yeah. I don't know where I got that idea, but goodness, I thought the the parts about like the single mom and the like, single dad like were on point. Yeah, and the um, we both have twins. Apparently, apparently one of the and the and the his and twins the part are where like one of the characters has some type of flashback that makes them not like Christmas. I thought that was pretty on point too. Mm. But, and the um, oil resort. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's like that's the best. All those Hallmark movies are always about like some somebody coming into town and like turning it into something else. Yeah. So I can totally understand like some, why I like, got that. Big businessman or something, and right. then they like realize the true meaning of Christmas by the end of the movie, and they're like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was very amusing. If you're if you liked this, you can look this up, and that these people have done this for a bunch of different yeah. contexts, and it's really fun to read. So yeah, I think my favorites have been the uh, I think. Uh, oh shoot! It was the I think they made them read the Harry Potter books and then had them write a Harry Potter. Yes, I saw that one. Yeah, that was awesome. It's amazing. So <laughs> I don't remember if it was the books or the movies that they made them mm. made the thing like watch, but yeah, or read. <laughs> so good. Yeah, very good. My next story is fire news, and this is this is only vaguely related to Christmas, but the headline is. Uh, science and KFC have blessed us with a fire log that smells like fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's awesome. You know those like fr- like those logs you can yeah yeah. 
It made smells minutes. like fried chicken. It smells like fried chicken, which I, I mean, I can't personally okay. attest to, but I'm assuming they, they did their research. Okay. Um, so they're selling a limited edition fire log that gives off the aroma of fried chicken. The log, which KFC partnered with Envirolog to make, smells like the Colonel's 11 herbs and spices and is made of 100% recycled materials. <laughs> Each log lasts for two and a half to three hours, according to a fast food company. Uh, KFC said the log is, quote, the result of countless hours of research and development, <laughs> all done over the last couple of months since we had this idea. So not countless. So, okay, <laughs> not countless. In fact, you just, sure. you just put a hard limit on how many hours it could have been. Um, <laughs> and the company says there's a limited supply and there's a one per customer limit. They cost $18.99 Ooh. and they can be purchased on the KFC website. It's a little expensive. For, yeah, two and a half to three hours of chicken smell. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I would want this or not. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the thing I'm struggling with, too, is I, I, I do not know. I don't think I do. I think if it was like $3, I would want it. <laughs> for the but novelty. Yeah, just for the fun, hey, let's try this out. It was a few bucks kind of thing, but yeah. I don't think I would pay that much for that. That just it it does seem a little pricey for what you're getting, and I also I would want to I would want to smell it before because if it's a lot of time like a lot of times candles claim they smell like something, and then it's like this isn't what that smells yeah, like. Yeah, how do you know it actually smells like what you? I feel like are fried expecting. chicken it seems like it would be difficult to get that exactly right. And also, is that a smell that you just want? In your house, like I've never thought that before. Like, oh man, like you know, how, like you fresh baked bread. Yeah, it's not like fresh baked cookies or something. Yeah, it's like, like there are certain things that you're like, oh, I would love my house to smell like this. I've never thought that about fried chicken. I'm not saying it wouldn't be good. I'm just never right. like fried chicken. Never occurred yeah, to me. it smells good, but that's a good point. I really hadn't thought about that. I don't think I'd want that. So no, I I really don't want this thing. I just wanted everyone to know that it existed in the world. It is an interesting idea, though. Yeah. Maybe more people will come up with Christmas log. Yeah, give me like stuff. a Christmas log that smells like freshly baked cookies. That would be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I would, I would buy that. that. Then I would, well, I'd really want cookies after I smelled it, but you know. That's an expect best thing, though. Is it? It's kind of close. <laughs> is, is it, though? Uh, it's sort of adjacently related. I don't know. <laughs> okay, it's time for breaking news. <gasps> The part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today and we read them to you on the fly. And we're going to try to find Christmas themed things, but we can't guarantee that. Yeah. <laughs> because it's breaking. Because it's breaking. So we're doing this on the fly. Okay. Ready, set, set go. go. Okay. The story I found is from insider.com and the headline is people in Ohio are decorating a weed growing in a sidewalk like a Christmas tree. (laughs) And there's a a picture of it. That's a pretty prolific weed there. Yeah. Um, It says um, basically someone saw this growing in the sidewalk and they were just like that's a really big weed. We should just decorate that. And they did. And then other people saw it and started adding their own stuff. And then it started getting shared on social media. And now it has its own Facebook page. And it's named the Toledo Christmas Weed. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, people keep adding things to it. 
and people are leaving gifts under it now um, <laughs> for, <laughs> for a Christmas tree. For whom? <laughs> I don't know. Um, according to the Toledo Blade, people have donated items like canned goods, shoes, and toothpaste under the weed. <laughs> this is so ridiculous, but okay, great. Because, yeah. If you're donating things. Like... Yeah, hopefully some donation center knows to pick them up at the weed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, now it's just this like community... <laughs> fun thing in toledo ohio that's amazing yeah isn't that fun yeah. people can do really fun creative this makes things me just sometimes. want to go out and find something to decorate and see if anyone like yeah see if, see if they start adding it. i don't know i don't know what yeah. i would like i don't know what around here i would I, I don't think i've seen a weed that large ever so well not in like a suburban area yeah it would have to be someplace <laughs> where a lot of people walk by there or something right and the story that i found isn't Super related to Christmas, but it's just too good. It's from people.com. Okay. Cat accidentally shipped 700 miles from home after sneaking into box. Oh, no. <laughs> the cat is fine. Don't worry. Okay. Um, I wouldn't be reading if this if it wasn't because that would make me unbelievably sad. Um, but this is a cat that lives in Nova Scotia named Baloo. It's a great cat name. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He snuck into a box of tire rims being mailed through Canadian shipping shipping company Purolator or or is it per uh, is it Purolator <laughs> <laughs> That was my joke not the article <laughs> Just want to make that clear um I knew that Baloo's owner told the station she didn't realize her cat had found its way into the box because the cat had gotten through a hole in a tire rim and worked its way to the bottom of the package Wow which is a very cat-like thing to do Yes um so thanks to his hiding skills, Baloo accidentally got packaged and mailed with the tire rims on December 6th. Uh, so I guess this happened a little while ago. But um, after a 17-hour trip over 700 miles, Baloo ended up in Montreal, where he was discovered by an employee who noticed that the box was leaking. Aww. I won't get into details, but uh, you can probably guess. Um, but uh, he was he dropped uh, Baloo off at the uh, like the pet what is the the animal shelter mm -hmm. and they checked him out and made sure that he was all right and he was all fine and uh they were able to use the tracking number on the box to figure out how to get him back to where he belonged mm -hmm. they did not ship him oh, okay <laughs> they didn't ship him back in the box okay that's good <laughs> and there's actually a uh there's a group called freedom drivers that is a volunteer-based nonprofit that transports shelter pets and they agreed to drive baloo back to Nova Scotia. Oh. So after a total nice. of 10, 10 total days of travel now, Baloo is back home. Oh. Well, I'm glad he's back home. So, yeah. And he's fine. And on Christmas, there are boxes, and that's how that's related. So. <laughs> <laughs> or I Christmas just wanted, shipping. Or yeah. I just wanted to tell a story about a cat. That's fine, too. Cats are great. Yeah. Okay, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. If you like what you heard, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and uh, any other podcast app you like to use to listen. And you can also follow us on Facebook.com slash News and on Twitter at, at News. All right, we'll see you next week, everyone, and happy holidays. Happy holidays. Alex is wearing a Santa hat, and you can't tell. Bye. Bye. <laughs>